It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you today? Doing good. What's going on, man? Uh, actually, quite a, quite a few things. we got some Titans news to lead off with, and then we've got just kind of some general franchise tag news, that kind of stuff going down. Uh, recording this on Tuesday afternoon, which I think today's the last day that teams can tag a player, correct? I, I don't know. I don't know the yes, exact date. It is, yeah, 3, 3 p.m. Central Time today, which okay, is about an hour past when we're recording. So um, anything uh, pretty much up to date on those. We'll talk about that. Uh, before we do that, reminder you right for me to see miracles.com where we cover the Titans for SB Nation. So you can check us out there. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at jmorrismcm. Terry is at tlambertn. Get the podcast or get your podcast. Search out Locked On Titan. You can also play us on the smart speaker in your car or your house. Just say play podcast Locked On Titans. All right, so the bit of Titans news that we have, Adam Schefter tweeted, uh, I guess it was yesterday, the Titans are expected to release Jonathan Cyprian uh, sometime this week. Really no big surprise there. Um, you know, we, we, we talked about it being a possibility for a really a long time. And then when John Robinson said at the Combine that Kenny Vaccaro was a primary target for the Titans in free agency, you knew both guys were going to be the roster. I know there are some fans out there that really wanted both players and, and talked about why the Titans should do that. That was never a realistic possibility. I don't know if they'll resign Kenny Vaccaro or not. We'll have to wait and see um, in, in the next you know couple of weeks as we head into free agency. Uh, but Cyprian will probably be gone. And, again, no, no surprise. I mean, a guy that's not exactly young, uh, wasn't probably as productive as they hoped he would be, a contract that never really made sense to either one of us. Um, but it's a place where you can save some money against the cap, guy coming off of an ACL. So I, not really a surprise to see this one. No, not at all. We said all along it was going to be one or the other. This kind of tells me that they're ready to go, uh, kind of go get Kenny Vaccaro. Uh, and we talked about how much he meant to this team and how he kind of turned into a defensive leader there. So um, uh, you wonder if if Cyprian will get some looks from the Titans, you know, maybe at a, at a discounted price. But again, you hit that open market. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what he gets. You know, he hasn't played in a year. Uh, you know, his, his last season was what 2017 with Dick LeBeau. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, I think Kenny Vaccaro is a better player. I think we both feel that way. I think most of the fan base feels that way. Uh, it was never going to be both, but uh, I, I think Kenny Vaccaro now jumps to uh, potentially priority number one as far as resigns go. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot. I mean, Quentin Spain would be on the list of guys that they should definitely be, you know, considering, but there's not necessarily a lot that they – you know, guys that are potentially going to leave, they really want back. The safety market is really interesting. I mean, there's a bunch of good players out there. Uh, you know, you got the news today that Landon Collins is probably not going to get the franchise tag from the Giants. Um, so just another kind of big name in that market. So there's there's guys available there. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. It's kind of what happened last year. You know, the Titans were lucky enough that Vaccaro was still available when Cyprian went down in training camp. Um, and just it was kind of a slower market, I guess, than guys expected it to be. You had some quality guys out there that got signed early. So we'll, we'll kind of monitor that and see how it all plays out. I think if the Titans are going to resign Vaccaro, they'll probably I mean, they'll probably work their best to do it before the market opens. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure they're having conversations ongoing there. And it'll just be interesting to see if, if they can get somewhere where they have a price that, you know, Kitty Vaccaro likes and it's good with the Titans and all that kind of stuff. So that'll be, you know, interesting to watch. Um, 
fran- like I said, franchise tag deadline today. Uh, so after you're listening to this, it probably will have passed. Um, what we know as of right now, uh, we have the 49ers franchise, Robbie Gould, Seahawks, Frank Clark, Texans, Jadavian Clowney, Chiefs, D. Ford, Falcons, Grady Jarrett, Cowboys, Demarcus Lawrence. So, I mean, the biggest thing there is you've got uh, Clowney, D. Ford, Demarcus Lawrence, all guys that were, you know, edge guys that were potential free agents that are not going to hit the market. And listen, we've been talking about this the whole time. This is why I think this is a position that they're going to need to address in the draft. These guys just don't hit the market. And it, even if these guys, like Demarcus Lawrence, is the second time, um, he's gotten tagged. It'll be interesting to see what happens there because I think he had said earlier that he wouldn't play on the tag for the second year. So, like I said, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But guys like Jadavion Clowney and D. Ford, guys that can disrupt the passer that are that age, they just don't hit the market. Exactly. And, and now you're kind of seeing the, the top end of the market take shape. Uh, you know, like you said, we knew these guys were going were gonna to come off the board probably. Uh, so now you're looking at the top of the board looking like Trey Flowers. You know, from from New England, you, you've got the Le'Veon Bell situation. It'll be fascinating to see if if someone pays him. Maybe the Colts. That I mean, that's a big story for the AFC South. Uh, a lot of rumors there. Uh, you've got Preston Smith as kind of that three four rush linebacker. You've got Zedarius Smith uh, from Baltimore, a potential fit with with Dean Pease. So you're kind of seeing the the market uh, reset, and you're going to see you're going to hear a lot about those names uh, that I just mentioned. You know. Um, yeah, not really. Regarding the Titans, Nick Foles is is also one of the top free agents out there. Uh, it, it's pretty much signed, sealed, and delivered that he's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback, um, according to every report out there. So, um, not much intrigue there, but a ton of different options there for the Titans. You know, both uh, at the rush linebacker spot and on the defensive line. Yeah, so um, it, it'll be interesting to see how all of that plays out. Again, I'm, I'm excited that we're, we're getting so close to actually seeing this happen because we spend so much time talking about this stuff. And like I said, we see this guy, these guys get tagged, and, and so these people that we thought were potential uh, names that could at least be out there, they get snatched off the market. Um, you know, I, I guess you got the, the bigger names that are supposedly not going to be tagged at this point. Landon Collins, we talked about earlier, C.J. Mosley, uh, Anthony Barr for the Vikings, and Trey Flowers, you mentioned um, I've seen a lot of people think, think of the Titans just on Mosley. Most of them think C.J. Mosley is a good player. <laughs> Titans are probably, I mean, I think they're probably better set at inside linebacker than any other position on the roster. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't think that's a place that they're going to they're gonna be interested in. But, um, you know, and this is the thing, and we'll, we'll have these conversations as we go through it as we're recording these episodes during that first wave of free agency. Just because a guy is, is good and you've heard of him, doesn't mean the Titans should go out and break the bank to get him. And then when C.J. Mosley ends up signing with somebody else, it's not because the Titans are cheap. And John Robinson doesn't care. Amy Adams Shrug doesn't care. You know, you, all these things that we hear. Um, you know, they, they, they've got to identify the, the two or three best players that they think they need and, and go after those guys. And, again, Mosley's just, it's just not a place where they have a need right now. But, you know, this is just kind of the silly season that we get into here um, with, with these types of names. Um, and it always, we always end up getting into some some interesting Twitter conversations around uh, what the Titans do or don't do in the, at the beginning of free agency. Would you rather have? Would you rather add a linebacker or a tight end? You know, those, <laughs> those are two of the Titans' you know least needs, in our opinion. You know, I, right. I know I know some people disagree, but it's just funny to to see the amount of uh, you know misinformation going around, especially about the Titans. We've talked about it before. It just seems like people don't pay attention. 
but you know, the CJ Mosley stuff was coming coming from some Titans fans on Twitter. Uh, I, I think that's a product of you know SEC Alabama. Uh, you know, wanting all those guys uh, to to be on your team regardless of what position they play. Uh, so yeah, like you said, it's all it's a funny time. Uh, you see some really dumb comments made on Twitter. You see people freaking out that the Titans haven't spent, you know, four billion dollars in the first hour of free agency. Um, yeah, we'll preach it again. We'll preach it all through. Keep your head. Uh, th- this free agency is about tears. So we, we think the Titans are going to spend a little bit on edge and, and, and receiver. Um, and I think there comes a point in time where it's your right to panic a little bit, but. Um, you know, we're going to be preaching throughout. Just just keep your head. It's going to be okay. They have a plan. Yes. All right. Coming up, we'll talk a little bit about a, a potential name that might be might be cut in the next week or so that, that could be of interest to the Titans. And also, I'm seeing lines on uh, the Titans and Antonio Brown. So uh, I'll get your comments on those as well. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, but I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted. And he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so there was a report yesterday afternoon that the Chiefs were going to cut Justin Houston. Um, that has since been walked back a little bit um, because I, I guess they're still trying to trade him. He's a guy that's older. I mean, a guy that I think will be 30 when the, when the season starts. Um, but a guy that had nine sacks last year, and I think he just played in 12 games. Um, but nine sacks, you, you know, and I think he's a guy that should be of interest to the Titans because you're, not gonna ha- you're probably not going to have to give him a ton of money over a long term. Um, I don't know if it's similar to the, the Brian Arakpo thing. I mean, I think he's probably going to have a little bit better market than Arakpo did when the Titans signed him. But I, I do think that he's a guy that they should be interested in. I think he's a guy that could even be, you know, a one or two year deal guy. You could still draft a guy early, and then you've got him, you know, in the mix with Landry. And if you had Houston, um, so I mean, I, I think it's something that that could be interesting. Again, depends on the you know the price and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But definitely something I would think the Titans would kick the tires on if he does hit the open market. Like I said, the Chiefs are still trying to trade him. Don't have any idea if the Titans are involved in those conversations. But just a name that I wasn't necessarily expecting to see that came across yesterday and was pretty interesting. Yeah, a guy's 30 years old. Uh, you know, pass rushers don't typically go, go too far past that. But you're, you're talking about a, a stopgap type player, uh, a guy that you can throw in the mix with, with Landry and, and Finch. Um, in Correa, uh, give you some some veteran leadership there. So if you don't see the guy that you want to commit, you know, four, five, six years to, 
uh, in, in free agency. You don't want to spend the pick. You don't want to lock yourself in to spending that first-round pick. You go out and add this guy, and, and look, even if you draft a, a guy in, in the first round that's, that's a pass rusher, Justin Houston's going to get his snap. So I, I think it's a really interesting name, uh, a, a name that, that I'd be – um, that I'd be for, you know, nine sacks over the last two seasons. Uh, that's, that's still a, a pretty productive player for his age. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, that'll be something that's interesting to watch. And again, I, I don't know what the deal is there. The other interesting thing with the chiefs, you know, they, they franchise D Ford, but there are reports again, that they're, they're kind of shopping him as well because they don't think he's as good of a fit in a four, three as he would be in a three, four, uh, so I guess they, you know, think a team that plays a three-four would would be willing to step up and you know, you know, give up something big for him. That to me is always a funny thing. I mean, if you've got a guy that's as, as talented as him, I don't know how you don't try to create situations to put him in his best spot. I'm not saying you should do that for every single player, but when you've got a guy with that kind of talent, I would think you would be more willing to cater your defense to what he's able to do versus, hey, we're going to play this system, and this guy doesn't fit, we're going to move on from him. Yeah, I'm a little skeptical on that one. Um, you know, two sacks uh, in 2017, uh, you know, four in 2015, had a decent year in 2016, but he, he explodes uh, in 2018 with 13 sacks. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just, just a little skeptical there. Uh, like you said, it, it seems like they would figure out a role uh, for him if he's a, a good enough player there. So, they might be trying to kind of kind of get what they can get, you know, coming off of, of the big year there. So uh, I'm skeptical that they're going to move him, and then I have questions on why they would want to move, uh, you know, such a good player. Yeah, an interesting thing. I mean, uh, apparently, you know, reports this morning that they might it might only take a second round pick to get him. Uh, he's expensive, you know, fifteen million dollar cap number for 2019 if he plays at the franchise tag. But if you work a new deal, but yeah, like you said, it's always a little bit scary. We're talking about guys that have just really had the one big year. Um, if they're going to be able to replicate that and that kind of stuff, but just anyway, something to keep an eye on. And you know, was it two years ago that we had all the trades that happened, like right when free agency opened, or right before free agency opened? Um, so with all this stuff floating around out there, it, it could be kind of a similar situation to what we saw that year. So obviously, we'll we'll be keeping an eye on all that. Uh, like I said just a minute ago, Odd Shark has put out odds on the landing spot. For Antonio Brown, uh, the Raiders are the favorites at plus three fifty. Titans are second at plus five fifty. Then you got the Cardinals at plus seven fifty. The Packers at plus a thousand. Um, I don't know. Again, if you go back to Rob Ford. He said this morning it seems like that the Raiders are the front runners to land him. Um, it, I'm out on first round pick. Uh, I think if you if you're talking about a day two pick, then that's that's a conversation that I would be willing to entertain. Again, depending on money and all that kind of stuff, but. Uh, we, we gave our thoughts. If you didn't hear Sunday night's episode, go back and listen to that. We, we kind of broke all that down there. But the thing that's interesting to me is, what if the Raiders end up giving up the pick that they acquired from the Cowboys for Amari Cooper for Antonio Brown? That's just kind of interesting to me. I mean, obviously, Antonio Brown, I mean, you look at his numbers and all that stuff. I mean, you know, miles better than what Amari Cooper has, has been able to do. But Amari Cooper's really young. Um, you, you kind of saw the potential that he had, you know, in the time that he had with the Cowboys this year. So I just think that's an interesting – that would be an interesting thing to kind of track that, you know, from here going forward. Like I said, obviously, Mark Cooper better – I mean, uh, Antonio Brown, better body of work, you know, all that kind of stuff. But – I mean, would you trade Amari Cooper for Antonio Brown straight up right now? That sounds like kind of a ridiculous question, but I, I'm not sure that it is. We're talking about the age of the player and that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
Um, John Gruden is so interesting. Uh, you kind of hope Mike Mayock kind of levels things out there. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. He, he traded two really, really good players, and he ended up getting first-round picks for them, and they're both, like, I think they're 24 and 27, so they both won a ton of games, and, and now they're they're both late-round picks. But, uh, yeah, I, I could see him doing it, though. I, I mean, are you going to put that past him? Uh, so that would be an interesting fit. And as far as Titans go, I'm just I'm so out on, on a first round pick. I mean, it, we're we're talking about figuring out what Marcus Mariota is, right? So we're going all in this year. What happens if Mariota isn't the answer? You know, what happens if you've got a stopgap at, at quarterback next year? You've got some some random free agent. Uh, that the Titans give a bunch of money to to just kind of put a Band-Aid on the position. What happens if there's a rookie quarterback? Uh, the Titans, there's a chance that the Titans could go backwards. What's Antonio Brown going to do for you there? Uh, odds are it's not going to be good. So I, I just I have too many concerns um, with with how he's going to interact with this locker room. You know, you listen to him on ESPN, he's talking about how he he's only going to play on his terms and he doesn't need football. And I just don't know why. You would invest a first-round pick in that. Uh, I think if you need a receiver, there's there's plenty of receivers on day two uh, that that are gonna be plenty capable. I just it, it's too big of a risk for me. Uh, you you want to get the most out of Marcus Mariota, like you said. I, there's plenty on on free agency that that can really help this team. You know, we're not talking, we're not asking for a ton here. Uh, we're talking Tyrell Williams, Golden Tate, something like that. I would much rather go down that road. To where you don't have to give up such a high pick. Well, and that's the, I mean, you made the point. I, I think it was in a text message to me, you know, is he going to be happy with 900 yards and five or six touchdowns? And I There's mean, no that's way. right. And, and that's, that might be his role in a Marcus Mariota healthy offense. So you can imagine what it would be if you've got a Blaine Gabbert out there or whatever. Like you said, you get into that second year, who knows what's going to happen. So yeah, I'm with you. And, and I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, things can change, obviously, but I, I just I feel like John Robinson knows he needs to have some picks this year and pick some players, uh, you know, after after what they did last year. So I, I don't think it ends up being here, um, but I, I do think it's something that's going to get done before free agency starts. And like I said, I mean, the Raiders they're crazy. Who knows, you know, what they're thinking? They've got they, they've got all the ammunition. If they want to go get him, they can get it done. They definitely have the draft capital to to make that happen. All right, coming up, we'll talk a little bit about uh, combine winners and losers and kind of break down how things stand as far as the Titans are concerned. So, I mean, I think, you know, there are a few players that really move the needle. Uh, we can kind of go back and forth talking about some of these guys. But, I mean, I think DK Metcalf was, had to be one of the biggest winners in the, in the, at the combine when you look at just the stuff that he did. I know some of his agility, quickness stuff wasn't where you wanted it to be. I think he slipped in the three cones. I mean, you know, all that stuff. It'll be interesting to see what he does the pro day. Um, but a guy with that size, I mean, you've seen the, the pictures of him, I'm sure, on Twitter. It looks like it's Photoshopped. He doesn't look real. Um, but a, a, a big dude that can go up and get the ball, uh, can run as fast as he can. He, he's a guy that really his draft stock soared. And where, as you were seeing every now and then, a mock draft where – he was falling to the Titans at 19. I don't think you'll see another mock draft between now and, and the draft where he doesn't, you know, where he makes it past even 15. So he, he was a guy that definitely stood out as creating the buzz uh, this this last week in Indianapolis. Absolutely. I mean, Matt Miller, Bleacher Report, he mocked him seventh to the Jaguars. So I think that's where you're going to see him, somewhere in that, that 5 to 15 range, somewhere in there. 
the agility thing is, is, is kind of a concern to me. I mean, he crushed everything else. Uh, but I'll I, I watch that. Uh, I don't, it's been floating around Twitter. Uh, people were saying it's just a technique issue. He, he just he didn't look very good uh, doing that to me. And, you know, you watch his tape. He's kind of a straight-line guy, 6'3", uh, 4'3", speed. So there, there's definitely something to that. I would just be a little concerned with that. Um, another big winner, Montez Sweat, pass rusher out of Mississippi State. You know, 6'5", 260, he runs a 4'4". Uh, that's that's big time. Uh, that's a guy that was somewhere around the Titans pick being mocked somewhere in there. I think you're going to see him rise. Uh, athletic pass rushers, they just tend to rise. You know, it's not a deal with Landry, who who's a little light. Uh, this guy is... 260 pounds so uh, i think he's going to really rise throughout this process i think he's already started that rise i think you're going to see him come off the board before pick 16 at least yeah and he's a guy again that you'd seen mocked to the titans at different spots and, and just with that i don't think there's any any shot that he's still on the board at 19 um so an interesting guy there uh and then you sent me a mock earlier i think it says for matt miller that uh noah fant a guy who was, I mean, obviously, you know, he tested well, four five forty. Um, I think he was the fastest tight end since Jared Cook. Uh, you know, the name that's familiar to all of us. <laughs> but um, another guy that that'll start moving up draft boards. I think it, it, it's really crazy to me that you know Iowa had Fant and T.J. Hawkinson, who's you know, the, by all accounts, the greatest football player God ever created. And you know, they didn't, they, they just couldn't <laughs> score points. I don't, I don't understand that. But um, the Titans are not taking the tight end in the first round, so I don't, I don't think there's anything we got to worry about. But he was another guy that really stood out, you know, that everybody was talking about. Yeah, like you said, the four five forty comes in 6'4", 250 pounds, running 4'5". That's ridiculous. Uh, in, in the 96th percentile in speed, the 97th percentile in the vertical jump, runs a 6'8", three-cone, so uh, just absolutely crushed it. Uh, so Iowa is going to have two first-round tight ends. I, I mean, that's the, that's the big takeaway. That's that's kind of wild to think about. Um, I, I mean, the Titans would have to fill a ton of needs for me to even consider this pick. Uh, you, you know, as as great of an athlete as Noah Fan is, as as many things as you could do with him, I just think the the, the other needs surrounding this roster right now. Uh, just greatly outweigh it. So I think they've got a, a, a huge need at, at receiver. Uh, you know, we've talked about pass rush. We've talked about defensive line, potentially offensive line. There's just so many boxes to check before I can even consider drafting a tight end. Yeah, absolutely. And then when you get into, you know, guys that did not do well for themselves at the combine, uh, that conversation starts with Ja'Kai Polite, um, who I, just weird, man, talking in interviews about, are talking to the media about how the teams were all just bashing him in interviews, except for the Rams. He said he liked them because they didn't bash him. Um, so a guy that just didn't he didn't test as well as people expected him to either. And again, you know, I, the, the forty and all that stuff for a for a for an edge guy is not the be all end all. But when you've got these guys like Amontes went out there that are these freaks of nature with their size and speed combination, when a guy doesn't have the elite speed like that. It just kind of raises some eyebrows. Now, again, that doesn't mean that he can't necessarily be a successful NFL player, but he's a guy polite is that probably fell out of the first round with, with what went on in, in, in Indianapolis. Yeah, it seems like you see a couple of examples, you know, every year, at least one. This is the one where you go from potential top 20 pick to, you know, 
maybe a, a Dave Tupic. You know, you, you hear the reports that teams were just turned off uh, about his his preparation, about his. He said he admitted to the media that he never watches himself. He never watches tape of himself play, uh, and, and that's just dumbfounding. I mean, why would you? Number one, why wouldn't you do that? Number two, why would you admit it? Uh, you know, the the terrible forty yard dash, uh, just everything. You know, he, he comes out later and says that he's had an injury. You know, uh, just just everything. It, NFL teams can see right through that. I, I mean, it, it seems like every year we see some some. Oh, he faked a hamstring injury because he he didn't run the the, the fast time. Uh, it seems like what we have here. So, uh, polite has has gone from the most mocked guy uh, to the Titans to. Uh, potentially falling out of the first, potentially falling out of the second. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up, but I, I think we can eliminate his name from uh, possibilities at pick 19. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and could be an interesting guy on day two if he's still there. Uh, you know, how do they feel about all that? I mean, that, that could be something to monitor. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, like I, I know Elijah Holyfield ran slow. There were a few other guys. But there weren't anybody else that stood out to you that really just kind of killed their stock this week uh no not really i i think we should probably mention uh garrett bradbury on the positive uh yeah. the, the center from from nc state i mean he was billed as, as just this athletic guy uh perfect fit for the zone scheme uh, you know titans twitter loved him a, a month ago before the tj hawkinson craze <laughs> took over um uh, so I, i'm interested to see if they still love him but uh really outstanding he just just ran well uh, agility was was outstanding. Uh, if you need a, a center that can move and get to the second level and, and really up the athleticism of your offensive line, Bradbury's your guy. So he, he looked great in, in every uh, in, in all the drills that weren't timed to. He, he just looked like he belonged out there. So I, I think I still think that that's an option in that late first. He, he might be an option for the Titans at, at 19 still. Yeah, I think. And again, I, I mean, I, I've said I, I don't love taking an interior offensive lineman in the first round. But at the same time, if they can if they can fit these other needs, if you can get a pass rusher and a receiver in free agency, and then you, you've kind of freed yourself up a little bit to do something like that, I, I still think a tight end is a terrible idea. Like you said, you need you need like five or six guys signed before you can go there. But I, if you if you fill those other things, I, I don't hate the idea of Bradbury there because then you, you think you've got again, and you know, I mean, it's it's always dangerous to go down this road. I just think a chance for Mac every time I say, then you've got your guy that's going to be your starter for the next ten years. But, um, you, you know, he, by all accounts, seems like a guy that, that has the ability to come in, fit in, do all that kind of stuff. Um, so that would definitely be a, a name to watch if the Titans are able to fill a couple of their needs in free agency. And, again, we're not that far away from, uh, from knowing these things. So that'll be a good – it'll be good to not have to have as many of these if conversations once we know that. The other thing too is we'll get we'll have draft guys on. I mean, if you if you were around last year, you know we had a bunch of guys. Uh, we got guys connected with the network, and then just guys we know from Twitter and stuff. Uh, we'll have them on, but it seems like it's probably going to wait more until once we're kind of past that free agency, so that we know a little bit more about what the Titans' needs probably are. Um, but we'll have some of that other stuff coming up as well. All right, that'll do it for today. Again, you can check out museummiracles.com. A lot of news uh, coming out in the next week and a half as, as we get ready for the starter free agency. Uh, there will probably be a couple other names the Titans will move on from. We'll have all that monitored and stuff um, as we do. Uh, the thing I didn't mention at the beginning of the show, if you want to leave us a voicemail, uh, feedback on any of this stuff, Antonio Brown, whatever it is that you want to talk about, uh, you can do that. We'll try to do a show later on this week if we have enough voicemails to do that. 615 787 
800-242-8762. Just leave us about a minute-long voicemail. We'll work you into into a show later in the week. So thanks for listening to Locked On Titans. For Terry, this is Jimmy, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NHL team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.